When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Friday, Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple here. Uh, another edition of Husker Online Headlines. We are about a week away from the Nebraska red-white spring game, and we do this every week on Husker Online here on the YouTube channel. Uh, we break down what we think are the five biggest headlines. Um, could be football, basketball, baseball, volleyball, the Big Ten recruiting. Uh, we'll go anywhere with our headlines. Um, so let's let's go right to it. Our headline number one this week um, Saturday scrimmage, uh, this week on Saturday, Nebraska will hold their final major scrimmage of the spring. Uh, they'll probably scrimmage for around two hours. We'll be live. We expect the quarterbacks like always to be live, um, in the scrimmage under Matt rule. Um, we're going to learn a, a lot, Steve, um, when you look at this scrimmage and, you know, we won't be able to see it, unfortunately, but if you could see this or the red, white spring game, I think most of us would say, I'd rather see this scrimmage because uh, this this will really give you a good idea about this football team. A little thrown off there. Not many people call me Steve besides my mom. Um, that uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. I, uh, Sean, it's it's huge. I mean, this is they're in a critical stage of camp, and this camp I can't I cannot emphasize how intense it must be. Um, the stress level is high. And this is big. I mean, this is big for a lot of guys, a lot of players. Um, Heinrich Harburg comes to mind. This is big. Chubba I mean, Purdy. They're, they're, yeah, they're giving Richard these, Torres. Yeah, they, they're giving they're giving these guys a long look now. Um, they're they're trying to. I mean, it's not just quarterbacks. It's, for instance, the corner position opposite Quentin Newsom. Quentin Newsom. They identify routinely they meaning the staff as an nfl corner you know quentin newsom's going to start at a corner now who's starting opposite they we don't know that because they, they're moving malcolm hartsog around now it could be ultimately be hartsog hey marquis buford's out too yeah it could be tommy hill again they've tried they're, they're playing miles farmer at, the, at that opposite corner they're tried they've tried just sean singleton uh jave morton um so somebody could take a big step toward winning a corner job there tomorrow what about running back too i mean oh god yeah gay bourbon jr anthony grant ramir johnson but then you know there's the wild card aj allen will he will he go i mean he's been yellow or green for most of the spring yeah, yeah. so that that's, i don't think he will that's yeah i i can't imagine that aj allen who's been yellow or green jersey almost all of spring if not all of spring just says i'm gonna go scrimmage now he's been out all spring so, yeah, I don't think. And we don't really get a detailed injury report. It's not like we really truly. Don't, I mean, the one thing we can say is on when we saw practice earlier this week, he was wearing a green jersey, but he was doing drills. Not He wasn't in contact. They weren't in contact for the part of practice that we saw. But he was taking handoffs. There's a, thank you, Megan. He, he's, he's, you know, look at him. He's dressed out. You know, they were, he was running through drills, and he looked excellent. I mean, he looks excellent. Um, now what's that all mean? I don't know. Yeah, it was a, it could have been like a concussion for all we know. Could have been a concussion, exactly. 
That's right. Yeah, it's. I mean, in Matt Rule, I think is pretty open to stuff. It's it's just hard, honestly, to get some of these questions in. I mean, heck, there you you've had days where you can't even get a question into Matt Rule. Right. So, I mean, so many people are trying to get in. Um, yeah. But, you know, some of the nuts and bolts in it's spring football. Yeah. Um, so it's not like we're playing a game here on Saturday. Right. We don't have to know the injury updates all the time. It's not a game in sight. Um, so those are two things. I mean, you're also you always wonder about the pass rusher component. Right. It's such a big part of football. And the other day, Tony White did. I mean, I asked him. I did ask him. I did get in that. I did get in a couple of questions of Tony White, by the way. Um, and I just asked him, who are the pass rushers? Who are the guys who stand out? And he, he did offer up names and he, I mean, the first guy he mentioned was Prince. Well, Umanimilin. Is that, my God, just don't ever do that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just stick with Prince. Well, all right. P will, as they call him. P will. Um, they also have chief borders of, of much you got that one, right? Yeah. Chief, um, Jamari Butler. MJ Sherman, Kai Walleen. Those are the guys he mentioned. You got AJ Rollins in that conversation too, but he's new. Did you say Jamari Butler or is he yeah, more? Yeah, the, okay. no, I did mention Jamari Butler. Yeah. Prince Will, Chief Borders, Jamari Butler, MJ Sherman, Kai Wallen. Those are the guys that that were mentioned by Tony White. The money down guys. Yeah. And it's, you know, Nebraska's pass rush in recent years has just been okay to not very good. Um, so you're looking for that now. Now Tony White likes the talent there, but you can't have the discussion without adding. None of those players has proven himself at the Power Five level as a pass rushing threat. Jamari Butler did play a lot last year, and he played in critical situations. But I mean, you know, it's not like he piled up sacks. I don't well, know if he had. Any. I, mean, I don't know if he had any. Chief Borders is coming from Florida, where he played special teams. MJ Sherman. You know, didn't crack the lineup at Georgia. Um, Prince Well is a freshman. Kai Wallen's coming from junior college. It's a bunch of unproven guys, Sean. You think about Nebraska's pass rush, too, and, and I mean, that's part of the problem. I mean, they haven't had a double-digit sack guy since Randy Gregory in 2013. You know, Randy Gregory had 10 and a half sacks his first year at Nebraska. That led the Big Ten. Sean, that's, that's a decade. And that's a decade. We need to have, we need to be forceful about that conversation. Khalil, Khalil Davis had eight. Yeah. Um, other than that, it's been a lot of guys kind of hovering in that like six, six ish. Yeah. Stop me from going on my pedestal. We don't need that. Today. No, but like, got, but you know, you have to have some to, to win in this league. You got to have guys with more than six sacks on your team. Like I need a formidable pass rush. What threat. that tells you is guys aren't beating people one-on-one. -on -one. Right. I mean, Randy Gregory could beat anybody. Yeah, don't. And, and the thing I don't want to hear is, oh, come on, sip. Um, you can get it. I mean, you, you can't even count sacks that much anymore. It's just getting close to the quarterback, blah, 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 blah. Excuse, excuse, excuse. Um, no, the, the best teams in the country have guys who get to the quarterback. Uh, I mean, Will Anderson gets to the quarterback. And now, now I know. I know what people are thinking. On, on, come on, sip. Nebraska can't get guys like that. Okay, well then you're just, then if you were of that mind, you're just conceding that you'll never win a national title. You can't do that. I, I guarantee you. You can say simple. You're being obnoxious. I would say Matt Rule would would agree 100 with me. Well, Garrett Nelson, we talk a lot about him as like a guy that they really hung their hat on. I mean, his best sack season as an edge rusher is five and a half. 
it's fine. He's I mean, it's player. serviceable. It's it's he was second team All Big Ten. He's a good player. Um, but you're going to do that. You need about three of them. You need but, three Garrett Nelsons. Yeah, you need. And they had O'Shawn and Caleb. I mean, they had a good group. But you just think about what it used to I mean. Eric Martin was All Big Ten as a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. I believe he had around ten the year in 2011 he had eight or 2012. Eight and a half. But that was all Big Ten. Yeah, he was good. They made him. They they. But that Bo, was coaching too. Yeah, Bo had to get creative. That staff had to get creative because they lacked that guy. They lacked that guy. It they was like what he it. did with Demoria Williams. Yeah, they, they lacked the guy. They 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 came up with a plan. Now maybe maybe this staff can do that. I wouldn't rule it out. There's a new look. They're playing a three three five. They're moving guys all over the place. They're moving guys around a lot. Um, so we'll see what it all looks like. I'm. I have a fair amount of optimism, actually, um, but you got to see it. Yeah, just think about like Demorio Williams. You know, t- t- 2002, he played in space more with Craig Bull. In 03, Bo gets here, brought him up to the line of scrimmage, and, and he had like a, you know, a all Big 12. Sean, do you ever catch yourself? We're talking about 2003. Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, we, we just lost like half our audience here on YouTube. <laughs> Did we really? No, well, the YouTube, uh, our, our, our podcast radio listeners probably yes, but I, I, our YouTube crowd I think can be a little bit younger. We got a lot. Yeah. We have like seventh, eighth grade kids at my church say we love your YouTube show. Well, and they, Sean, let's face it, they need to be educated about names like Demario Williams. He was a fabulous player. Went on to play in the NFL. Those for the seventh and eighth graders listening, those are the type of players you need. You need to be talking about guys like Demario Williams, who went on to play several years in the NFL, like Randy Gregory, who before he had off-the-field issues, was going to be a top-five pick. That's what it takes. When they had he's Randy, still playing. When, yeah, when they, yeah, he's still playing. When they had Randy Gregory, they didn't sniff a national title either, by the way, but they were at least not. They had a nine-win team. They could play with anybody, though. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I'd say. Yeah, that's All right. what you need, though, and you you can't give in. You can't give in to that notion that no sip. You don't need those guys. Yeah, you do. And some of it's a development issue too. It's recruiting. Yeah, it's a development. It it's. I mean, I think it's more recruiting. And you know, when you have to bring young guys into your program and play them early, they're they, they then they get a little messed up. You know, like you you, you know, you, yeah, it can't it can't happen. That can happen. The one. I, I mean, I want to go to the positive side. Chief Borders and MJ Sherman. Those guys look like look like dudes. I mean, we'll see if they are. Jamari Butler looks like a dude. Um, now we'll see. Can they can they can they be impact players? Sean, what we're talking about is impact players. That's that's what we want to see. All right, headline. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So US Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. Number two, and mentioned Bo Pelini. Uh, Bo Pelini was back in Lincoln, or I'm sorry, Columbus, um, here on Friday um, to honor one of his former players, Cole Pensek, uh, tragically passed away a week ago in a car accident. Um just just outside the Stromsburg area um, on the highway. Um, what was the name of the county? Osceola, maybe. Osceola, yeah. And uh, Coach Pelini was back in town for that. But 
Uh, we said goodbye to Cole Pensek, just a just a first class young man. There's a good picture. Um, you know, did everything you'd want of a Husker player, undersized, but maximized his career. He was second team All Big Twelve. He played on a line. You think about the lines he played with. I mean, he was with Searles and Quali, and mm-hmm. I mean, he was with NFL guys on that yeah. line. I'm glad you said that. I mean, people forget he was a second team All Big Twelve player. Um, all Big Ten. All Big right. All Big Ten. Which and he was the first verbal commitment scholarship guy to Bo to Bo Pelini in the class of 2009. Right. So he committed in 08, I believe. So, yeah, and I met, I guarantee it was a massive funeral. His dad, as you remember, Dan Pinsick was a defensive lineman at Nebraska in the late 70s and was at nearly every practice that where his son was when his son was a participant. Um, they were very There's close. Coach Pelini with Ron Brown and Jeff Jamrock. That was at the funeral in Columbus today. That's a great, that's a great photo. Ron Brown was the running backs coach. Bo Pelini, obviously, the head coach. Jeff Jamrog um, was in an operational role on that staff. Okay, so yeah, and it's it's a tough loss for the family. It's the second loss in approximately six months of a offensive lineman of that era. Mark Pelini was also now he ran into a deer um, in Indiana. So they've lost two offensive linemen from that realm, that that 2013-2014 um, area. So, yeah, it's it's really heartbreaking. It is. It's heartbreaking. Well, I mean, and Cole was just such a stand-up young man. I mean, every so was Mark Pelini. I mean, they I mean, both. I mean, they just they did everything right. I mean, they didn't come in with big egos and expectations. They waited their time. They developed mm-hmm. and they played. And they both had solid careers for what they were asked to do. I mean, you think about that little run of centers they had. None of those guys had any NFL potential. Mm-mm. Mike Caputo, Mark Pelini, Cole Pinsek. They Tougher were all, now, though. They were all six foot to six one, six two. And all of them, you know, maximized their ability to contribute. And Nebraska played high offense at a high level. Yeah. They were 19th in the country in rushing the year that, that, uh, Cole started um, when he was their full-time starting center. Sean, they were 19th in the country in rushing offense. So yeah, he got it done, he, you know, and they were a nine win team that, and I think nowadays we sell we should celebrate those teams a little bit more now um, instead of scoffing at those nine win teams. Cause now if Nebraska wins nine wins, there'll be a massive celebration. Well, and I'm also of the belief with the scheduling now, you play 10 power five games a year, mm-hmm. nine in the league, and then one in the non-conference. That's a humongous difference. It's why the SEC teams always tend to have a little bit more wins because they only are playing eight. Right. Um, so when you play in this league now and you win nine, mm-hmm. when you play 10 power five games, mm-hmm. that's almost a playoff level. Yeah, that's not to diminish those. I mean, nine. if you're 10 and two in the Big Ten now, mm-hmm. you're a playoff team. Yeah. That's not to diminish what those kids did. In the, in the new 12-team playoff, but – yeah, I don't want to diminish what they beat Georgia. Games. Think about that. Right. They beat Georgia. Right. I know they did. I mean, it was there. <laughs> yeah. That's, so, yeah, RIP to Cole and Mark. Thoughts and prayers out to the Pentec family. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Um, let's move on. Headline number three, and you know, there's a lot of just things going on with the transfer portal opening. The NCAA made an adjustment to the um, recruiting visit rules. But let's start with the transfer portal. April 15th, Saturday, the transfer portal will open for 15 days um, for the spring period. And I did find it interesting, Matt Rule. You know, I, I asked him on Tuesday about it, but that you know, he he kind of said if he had his druthers, they would have been playing their spring game even later than they are now. But you kind of have to give your program some time with this window, and you know, you, you can't you know have your spring game after the window closes. You know, if guys are going to leave and and whatnot. So this window, it sounded like a good idea. In about three weeks, I'll be curious if people still like the idea of having this specific window that kind of is in the middle of spring practice for a lot of teams. Right. I mean, Nebraska's spring game is April 22. So it's smack dab in the middle of this, this notification window. I'd say it's awkward. Maybe Matt rule would say, no, it's not. Why Um, not make the window may one to may 15th? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'd love, does it have to do with recruiting? Cause the coaches go out on the road, but could be the head coach. So doesn't go on the road, not in the springtime. So the head coach would have, every opportunity to individually meet with the teams. In fact, head coaches will tell you May is their boringest month because mm-hmm. they don't get to go anywhere. They don't get to go anywhere. I I don't know why. It, I just know it feels, from my vantage point, like it would be awkward. Um, why do I say that? Here's why. Because right now Matt Rule, again, is in this very intense spring where he's where they're, in, they're installing new systems. Sean, you know, they're, they're trying to – learn about players where players where players strengths are um and and putting them in the proper positions oh yeah and by the way they have guys probably contemplating leaving and they got to get a handle on that and the support staff handles a lot of this but they got to figure out who they're going to bring in too right well what the numbers are because okay nebraska's at 99 and that's counting Alante Brown. Scholarship and, players. And he's got to come back and get through whatever appeal process he has to get back to the university. Okay, lay it out clearly for the listeners. There are 99 scholarship players in Nebraska. they got to get down to probably 83 or 82. Yeah, if they're going to take any additional portal players, they have to be below 85. So 17 players are probably out. I mean, I would think they would like to be at 82 or 83, but the other thing, too, is – what about walk-ons that are deserving? Like, I kind of don't like when they say, oh, just give them an NIL scholarship. Mm-hmm. No. If John Bullock or if some Alex Bullock. Alex Bullock or Ty, I mean, if some of these guys play Han and play like starting level reps, I mean, shouldn't they get a scholarship? I I get this NIL era we're in, but um, you I know, think I think that'd be I think Rule would be open to that. If there's any head coach that would be open to it, it's Matt Rule because of his he, he was a walk on, and he, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why he makes a lot of sense at Nebraska, Sean, and that's one of them. He was a walk on at Penn State. He he went and he was a low. He would describe himself. He was a low level walk on. In fact, he was injured when he went there, and they made him a student manager for a period. I mean, he climbed. He climbed a long way um, at Penn State as a walk-on. He, you know, he'll be mindful of the walk-ons. No, I, I do get though. Like they can have an NIL package or opportunity for a guy that's going to be the exact same. But people don't respond. Like I go back to volleyball. 
Kinale Akana was basically offered that type of package, an NIL package um, that was going to be exactly the same as a scholarship, commensurate. And they didn't like that. Kinale didn't. Kino, no, and she went to Texas, mm-hmm. and um, you know they they didn't. You know she's you got the best libero in the country at Nebraska, Lexi Rodriguez, and Kinale might be the second best. Right. So yeah, no, I, it's something to watch. It'll be a fascinating kind of to watch how it plays out. Matt Rule is available to the media on Saturday after the scrimmage, and one of the questions likely will be, do you know, can you say right now who's in the portal, you know, who's going in? Because if you know you're leaving, you're not dressing out for that scrimmage, right? Right, and I would think the coach could just go ahead and tell you a few names if if, the, if they're already in it. Well, if they go in it, I mean, Matt Zenith from On3 and our people, I mean, they literally, like, I mean, it's like a – Bit bore. They, they see the names pop in there as they hit. See, the the question will be, is there any, oh, you know, prominent names, guys that have played a lot of football here that go in? There'll be some predictable one, ones that, you know, down the line guys that haven't seen much action. There'll be others that don't go in the portal that they retire effectively, right? Um, so, it, I don't know. And It'll the great thing about our company, they – they honestly will have something done before we even know it even hits the portal. Good. Like, and then, so, we'll, you know, our main job is to kind of react and kind of, you know, okay. what's step two of these portal entries, if they do happen or, okay. you know, where it's at, but the general so-and-so entered the portal, like that, that will be up on the site. A lot of times the second it hits the portal. I don't think I, I don't need, I don't, I think this is okay to raise this. I don't envision like a Casey Thompson going in the portal. <sighs> I mean, I just think about NIL and he's definitely, on an NIL thing here at Nebraska. He's got NIL. He's got a deal. And like how how would he be able to get unless he found something similar, but then where's he gonna go and win a job at a power five program right now? Like mm-hmm. what so yeah could I, be I a think, non-power five though. Yeah, I, I'll be curious how that all shakes out. I do want to hit on this in this headline as well too. Um Sip the the NCAA instituted some new changes. A couple of things um, they're now going to allow coaches, um, not this spring, but going forward, they'll be able to um, actually talk to juniors at schools. They're not in homes, uh, but it used to be called the bump. Right. Um, so when you went to a school, you technically couldn't talk to a kid um, that was a junior, mm-hmm. um, whether it was in the fall or the spring. Mm-hmm. So starting this fall and starting in the spring of next year, uh, when you go into a high school and you want to talk to an underclassman, a junior, you can talk to them now. Yeah. Um, and not make it so. I can't tell you how many times in my career, like, you know, you know, like kids will tell you, so and so came to my school and talked to me. It's in the spring. You can't write that because, <laughs> right. What this is where Nebraska having a large media group, it hurts Nebraska. Like, where, you know, if a media guy like writes, like, so and so coach talked to me at the school, and right. you put that. I mean, Iowa State turns that in. Iowa turns that in. So that's happened in like these twenty years of doing this. Like you have to kind of know the. But every coach was going into schools and talking. So to it kids. makes it makes sense for the NCAA just to go ahead and allow those to happen because they were happening. Yeah, it was no. an archaic rule. Like, okay. why would you not let juniors talk to coaches? Right. So now it's. Are you trying to hurt these guys? No. <laughs> okay. Calm down there, big boy. There, it's fine now. There, it's cl- it's cleared out. Um, it's cleared up. So and then the other rule is a big one too. Yeah. And so now they're going to take the lid off official visits. You were limited to five official visits that couldn't start until April okay. of your junior year, 
all the way until technically January of your senior year. Um, now you'll be allowed unlimited official visits, but one per institution, mm -hmm. unless there's a head coaching change, you okay. get a mulligan, you get a redo. Okay. Uh, like this year, Nebraska's guys all got a redo. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, my my biggest question, though, is how early will they let the juniors take the official visits? Will it have to be April or will they allow officials to happen in January or March? Because uh, what we're seeing, I mean, I, I just talked to a kid this week. He's gone on nine unofficials in March and April to, to like major programs. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they, they've got to look at this closer. Like these kids right now want to go on visits, mm -hmm. period. In the springtime. They want to go. I mean, and we're dealing, I mean, we'll have some more recruit spotlight interviews. When we talk to these kids that come around, I mean, that they go everywhere every mm -hmm. weekend. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's incredible. And yeah, it is. the fact that the institution technically can't pay for these trips they can't mm -hmm. even give them lunch right they charge them ten dollars for lunch some some guys in nil states are getting paid for right mm -hmm. those now, guys missouri kansas texas <clears throat> um arizona those are states where like there is no nil i, okay. I believe florida too okay so they can't you know, do they go on unofficial that, visits? They, if they go somewhere, I mean, NIL, well, they're all unofficial. Yeah, but some are paid for, some are They not. can't have any NIL opportunities at all uh, because it's illegal in their state, and then they would be uh, ineligible for their high school. It's all. I mean, I can't imagine being just the average fan and trying to and trying to figure out all the rules and all the the nuances of college football right now. I mean, it's. I mean, I imagine when people listen to this, sometimes they're just like, what the, how, how, what is go, how did this happen? <laughs> I mean, there's some NIL, so ex an example, there's some states where a recruit can go on an unofficial visit and have an NIL deal attached to it where it's basically paid for. There's some states that don't allow that. I mean, that's, that, that's very odd to me, I, but there's nothing you can really do. It's a state by state. Yeah, there was a kid Question. last year from the state of Georgia um, signed with another program, but I mean, he would get money for every trip he'd go on. And they, and they, and a lot of these kids, and then the other thing that you know, that just Sean, people don't know, understand this. There are kids that go on, like you were just saying, they're like professional recruits. They go on trips every weekend to big places. Yeah. They're not going to like Ball State and no. Eastern Michigan. I mean, no, they're, they're going, going to like to Miami and AM and Tennessee and, and oh. some of it's for fun. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. some of it's for fun. I mean, it's not maybe some of these kids get addicted to it. Yeah. I think they, they're like, God, I can go somewhere else now. Stay in a nice hotel. Um, if it's an NIL situation, they're taken care of at a high level. They can bring friends with them. Um, they meet people. Now, if you're a, if you're a head coach at one of those schools, you say, OK, well, maybe he he ends up liking it here. And he wants to keep coming back. And if he's one of the best pass rushers in the country, well, that would be wonderful for us. And what's it matter if the NIL operation's paying for it? It's no skin off our back, right? I think the other thing too, um, yeah, because I mean, you're seeing it ever like or I mean, Oregon. Like, how how are guys getting out to Oregon? NIL deals, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's it's just not easy when you're in a place like Nebraska, Oregon, mm -hmm. Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're just located at a place where there's not as much talent by you. So it will be like, I'm curious if coaches like this rule of the um, unlimited number of official visits. And I, I kind of think 
there will be a strategy that these unofficials that are happening now, they're still going to happen. Mm -hmm. And you got to sit on that official and use it at the right moment. And so, will there be more in season officials? Maybe, but not everybody. Nebraska, by far, I don't even know if there's a close second place in the last 20 years, has done by far the most in season official business of anybody. It's it's incredible. It's taxing. It can be on the staff. Yeah, I mean, when you have thirteen officials in for a game, <laughs> say in a lot of night games these days. Now think about it. So thirteen I, official visitors—that's like forty or fifty people that come in with a kid. Okay, so now and just if you walk walk through it. If you're playing a night game, okay, that coaching staff. Do you do, do you maybe have some degree of contact with those fan with those players and those families after the game? You're getting into midnight, one o'clock. Now you're coming back the next day, and what do you got to do, Sean? It's massive preparation on Sunday for the coming opponent, right? You know, you've been covering college football for a long time. What is Sunday for a coaching staff? It's, it's a massive preparation. Day. Oh yeah, and it's honestly, massive. My experience is like with recruiting in Nebraska. They they'll do a brunch, like some sort of kind of brunch with the recruits, and then they get them out of there, like. They don't want the recruits around all day Sunday because they're because they're because they have to get the coaches have to get a game plan prepared for the players. That's part of what's going on. There's a lot going on now. It will be different with Matt Rule because Monday is going to be the off day again. So like there will be kind of a nice preparation day on Mondays, and I can see why you would do that. I mean, if you played a night game on Saturday, it's really hard to come up Sunday and just get it all ready for the next day. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's again. This is. Uh, oftentimes these conversations wind back to this is very taxing on coaches. And I think the NCAA has been pretty mindful of that with recent legislation, but, and there's, there's just only so much you can do. It, it's going to end up being taxing. Yeah. I just wonder like in Nebraska's shoes, will they want to use the official, if they can use them in March or mm -hmm. April? I don't know. Well, they want to, I still think June is like the sweet spot. You, I think June is a great month to bring people to Nebraska. Now, yes. Now, are you talking juniors? Well, guys going into their senior season that plan to commit in the summer. Yeah, oh, you, yeah. You, you've got to get them here. Yeah, and you've talked about everything's getting sped up, too. I mean, by July 4th, a lot of the landscape is gone. Right. I mean, <clears throat> players are committing earlier and earlier. You just saw it with, with Gage Ginther, who just committed to Tennessee, and it was it sort of took everybody by surprise. Um, here we are in early. He commits in early April. Uh, one of the one of the top offensive line recruits in the country, and that you're, you're seeing that more and more. And I think we have him underranked at on three. I think he's a three star, but he is the top <clears throat> player in Colorado. Yeah, he's. I, I shouldn't. Yeah, maybe not one of the top offensive linemen I mean, in the country, but, but he is the top player in Colorado. I think he doesn't have much of a value. People just don't have a great evaluation. But he's got great offers. I mean, that's all you got to look at right there. All right, let's move it to headline number four. The Big Ten has a new commissioner. Officially goodbye, Kevin Warren. Hello, Tony Patetti uh, comes to the Big Ten Conference with nearly four decades of really sports media experience um, with the television networks like CBS and other places. And it kind of simple is really a, a shift of where this is all going. No more is the Big Ten commissioner kind of a glorified athletic director. You are a TV executive media rights guy. Almost that that's the most important part of your job. Or well, what did the big 10 do? They hired a guy that's an expert in that area. Yeah, they did. I mean, in, in, 
it's even more, there's even more, I don't know, Sean, I mean, let me just put it this way. The Big 12 commissioners, Brett Yormark, and he was the COO of Rock Nation. I mean, he was working with Megan the Stallion and Rihanna and doing things unrelated to college sports. Some of what he was doing was unrelated to college sports. He's the commissioner of the Big 12. George Kliakoff was working for MGM Resorts. He's the commissioner of the Pac-12. Yeah, the backgrounds now are way different than they used to be. Um, I mean, George Kliakoff, Sean, was, was, was doing things with online gaming and the operation of Sportsbook. Hell, in the world of magic and comedy. I mean, it, yeah, they're coming from backgrounds that are very, very... Kevin Warren didn't have anything like that on his background. Uh, Warren, no, I mean, not... You came from the NFL back. Warren came from an NFL background. Um, and, you know, legal background. Now, a lot of these guys do have legal background, in, including uh, Tony Petiti. He's a Harvard Law graduate. Um, but, yeah, he worked... He was head of the Major League Baseball Network, he worked. He was a big. He was the. He was a. He was one of the main people involved with the formation of the BCS. So look at that. Just look at that background right there. Head of the MLB network helped create the BCS. Um, worked for CBS Sports, ABC Sports. Was involved in the NFL. Um, was involved with the NCAA basketball tournament. He's got an. He's got an incredibly. Um, I mean, there's a lot of variety in his background. 62 years old. He's the son of a New York policeman, New York City police officer. Um, he's got a very interesting background, but um, came out of nowhere. Are you of the belief that this was the guy over Jim Phillips or was Jim Phillips the guy that got the renewal deal? Because I think there's, you know, I don't know them. Like it's it's debatable. Because the ACC announced an extension for Jim Phillips okay. right as this deal was announced, was that their way to make it look like they held on to their guy? Perhaps. But I look at Seems Tony like Petit. I, I look. I mean, I like this hire, and I was not a Kevin Warren fan. You know, I, I don't know about you. I, I just didn't think he did this league very no, good. No, I was not a Kevin Warren okay. fan. I mean, we're on the same page. Um, well, that one time you defended him on the I show. Just, the, I only defended the part of now. Now, now I want to I want to be clear to the listeners. I didn't really defend him. I just said the pandemic was so novel. I mean, it was such a new thing. I mean, and so being a leader at that time was challenging. But I would say, you know, that he didn't handle it well. He about, I mean, he really could have. I mean, he he was close to not having a season. I mean, they camp. shut down the initial season over myocarditis, and. You had immediate, like I had doctors I know immediately say this is BS. Like, oh yeah, and now like, it's proven to be. I mean, even, like you can't say that was. And then you had like reporters saying like there will be one player that dies this season. Oh my god! I mean, just think about like give me a. Break. And, and they were working with a couple reporters and trying to put out their stories at that time, and it was an ugly, ugly period for the conference. Yeah, and let's let's put it this way, Sean. I don't think anybody could refute this. Anybody. Any but close to Warren, any of those reporters that were in his pocket, the further we've gotten away from COVID, the worse Warren looks. I mean, the 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 worse the whole thing looks. There were conferences that went ahead and, and played. 
uh, early. And they the start, They didn't start till like dang near. It was late October. Right. It was, and, right. and it would have been smarter to start it earlier because right. COVID's worst period was November of 2020. Right. And now I now I hear from people that say, well, come on, Sip, you got to cut him slack. It was unprecedented. Well, we're not paying him to handle. You're not paying a commissioner to always handle things that are just routine. You're paying a, a commissioner a lot of money to handle things that aren't routine. And he couldn't have handled that any worse. So no, and I don't, I didn't like the feel of the big 10. It had an overly corporate feel under Warren. Now it Delaney's too. Think it, about the daily testing they used to have to do. Oh God. They like, a, they brought and they, they put that bill on the schools. They had to right. pay Nebraska paid over a million dollars for COVID testing. Yeah. You're privy to a lot of information that people don't have. And if I think if some people that defend Warren knew everything that was going on, they wouldn't defend him as our, as, as, enthusiastically it was a mess think about the nonsense of like being at purdue that year and <laughs> and you had that running back um who's not even here anymore i forget what his name uh was from florida yeah his name was uh his last marvin, name was scott. marvin scott and yeah, he was marvin gonna scott. get a play against purdue nebraska mm -hmm. wins that game but they get off the plane mm -hmm. he was he was negative getting on the plane negative they, get and then when they got negative. to the hotel they had a nurse that traveled them and he tested positive there. So then they, they locked him in a hotel room in West Lafayette, kept him away from everybody. This is just ridiculous. And then they, they kept him prisoner in there. And then they did a, they did a lab test, a rushed lab test. And they did not get the results back until like, it was a noon game out there. It was like 1115. And all of a sudden Marvin Scott just shows up to the stadium at like 1145 and he's out on the field trying to warm himself up. And we, now, to, and to be fair, to be fair to us, we were saying it was a joke then, not just in this is not hindsight. We were at the time saying, "What are they?" What he is had no on? symptoms, nothing, right. and it just some of the like just that level. Right. And I had friends in the Big Twelve and SEC, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I mean they." Now hold on, now now some again. I'm I, I always come across like I'm defending Warren. I'm, I'm always just trying to look at things both sides. Now, some people are going to talk about lawsuits, I suppose, uh, the legal ramifications. Now, he's an attorney. He's probably being as careful as he could. But again, if you zoom out and think about what we know now about COVID, it was all it was really ridiculous. Well, Nebraska will never get the credit, but they stood up for it. Like, yeah, they did. And. Frost. Oh yeah, you don't even want to bring that up. But like, yeah, I mean, they did. They pushed just forward. because they weren't a high-profile brand. They're not. No one wants to. But the fact that they took the arrows and fought this. There were others though. Ohio State came in. Yes, with Ohio, them. yeah. Ohio State came hard in. But think about like there was a period where Nebraska and Ohio State were going to play their own season, right? Like play at the ACC, right? That That's was what going people on. forget. That right. was going. That's on. where I say, come on, don't, don't, don't make apologies for Warren. He about it was a it was already sort of a massive screw up the way he handled people it. lost their jobs. Yeah, it could have been worse. People lost their jobs. Yeah. Like they furloughed and let go of people. Yeah, and it's now it's curious to me too. The Big Ten has only had seven commissioners in its history. Okay, seven. It's curious to me why he only served three and a half. Now I don't now Dennis Dodd reported that. They don't think he was offered the opportunity, a new deal. He did not yeah, have a new deal in front right. of him. Typically, commissioners don't move on like that, especially he, you know, he's landed as a, a chief executive of the Bears. It's a good job, but it's not the commissioner of the Big Ten. It's curious to me. I'm not surprised that that's the case. I, 
I don't think he had a lot of support within the conference, no. and I don't think he should have had a lot of support. I mean, there there were conference calls, Zoom calls back then, where the coaches were screaming at him. Oh yeah. Well, again, it was it was that I always come off as an apologist for him, but it was a tense time and it was confusing. But and there the, are it, others. I'm, there are others who handled it much better than him. Well, unfortunately, the political landscape of the oh, world God. got involved. I yeah. mean. Yeah. You know, and it, it turned into a 2020 presidential race piece yeah. to the pie. Yeah, it did. Um, and, and that added a whole nother element yeah. to all that. But we don't need to get into no more that. Kevin Warren. Tony, I'll be really curious if in July to hear him at Big Ten Media Days. That'll be the first time we probably hear from him. Tony. Um, on the con- now he's going to do like an introductory press conference, but like at the conference media days, because that was, an, I was never impressed with Kevin Warren's talks of those things. No, that's part of what that was. That's another reason why I was sort of critical of him. It always felt overly scripted, like a bureaucrat, right? Overly corporate. Just it didn't, he did not come off as real at all. I, I mean, am very proud of the progress that we've made right. in the Big Ten conference. Yeah. I mean, did. it was, it just, it felt like a kid reading his high school speech that he didn't even write, yeah. you know, like yeah. it just didn't have like a genuine nothing about dude it. feel. No, it didn't. <laughs> no. And, and to be fair to Kevin Warren, he, he followed one of the very best Ever. conference commissioners in, in any era in, in Jim Delaney. I always found it interesting. I was told this from a pretty good source that Warren and Delaney never really talked or had a relationship. Not surprised. Cause he Much wanted different. Delaney wanted Jim Phillips. That yeah. was his pick. And they went in a whole different direction. All right. Final headline here. Um, Nebraska basketball is busy. And luckily, we got Robin Washett on our side sit because we can just sit back and watch him go to work. But they've added two key transfers this week. Uh, Bryce Williams, uh, the leading scorer from Charlotte, was one of the best players in the CBI uh, tournament. And then Rank Mass, uh, all Missouri Valley post player from Bradley, um, I mean, these are two big-time additions by Fred Hoiberg. The university's already acknowledged and announced both these additions. And you got Hunter Salas. You've got some other things. Well, you got a big you got a big visit this weekend in, in Javion, Javion McCollum, who's a point guard. They, they're still looking for a point guard. McCollum's down to Nebraska and Oklahoma. Is now, the one thing that works against Nebraska is his all-time favorite player is Trey Young. Um, that, you know, so that's an Oklahoma, former Oklahoma player. These players he got are real. I mean, this is, I've been highly critical of Fred and for obvious reasons, he's won 23% of his big 10 games. I mean, he's come on. What are we talking about here? It's year five. Well, People, I sent you that graphic. I mean, Nebraska, every team in this league has made the NCAA tournament the last two years, other than Nebraska and Minnesota and Minnesota went in 2019, Nebraska, 2014. I mean, the excuses for Fred's program are, un- I-, I mean, they boggle my mind. But now, on the positive side, the landing these two guys at- and adding them to the roster he has, is it's very promising If you- now if you can get a point guard. Um, but, but Williams, the player from Charlotte, is a bona fide scorer that can get you double figures in the Big Ten. I've watched his film. He's not just a three-point shooter. He can score. He's a, he's got a mid-range game. He can get to the hole. He's not is not that's not his forte getting to the rim, but he's he can. He's he gets a shot off easily. It's not easy to block. He's a, he's 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 a real scorer. The same with the Bradley Center. I think he can come in and get you ten points a game, ten point seven rebounds. Will he be as good as Derek Walker? Hard to do that. Walker Walker had a really unique game and made himself into quite a player. 
Now, this guy has a lot of similarities to Walker. He's he's great around the rim. He uses the backboard pretty well. Not as good as Walker. I've never seen hardly anybody use the backboard as good as Walker. He doesn't put the ball on the floor as good as Walker. Again, hardly anybody does. This guy can go out and shoot threes, though. The kid from Bradley shot 35% from the three-point line and looks good shooting it. So, yeah, Fred, hey, you add him to – okay, think about it, Sean. Now you have – Two more spots. Jamarcus, well, you have Jamarcus Lawrence as a shooter. You have Casey, perhaps, coming back as a shooter. Now you've added Bryce Williams. <laughs> They're going to be hard to guard. And Fred, again, high, I've been highly critical of him, but I'm not highly critical of Fred as an offensive mind or preparation. Fred he took a step forward this year. Fred, well, Fred's always prepared his teams well. They just don't always execute like he wants them to. But he'll. But he's 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 great at preparation, and he's great at finding guys' shots. Now, Sean, you saw Jamarcus Lawrence. You saw Casey. Um, they're, they're great shooters. One, and you're adding a, a great shooter, and now a, a pretty good a pretty good big man who can shoot. You got Juwan Gary back. You know, CJ Wilcher. Tough. He has two years. Wilcher can shoot a lot. He's little. got two more years left. Wilcher can shoot it too. He's streaky, but he can shoot it. No, that's a no. guy that you kind of wondered if he'd be here after Abdelmasse and some of these guys left the program. And he's you can tell what I'm saying here. If they if they can handle the point guard piece, if they get that manage, if they manage that well, this is a team that should. I mean, it it come on, it should be a top seven to top. I'm just gonna say it, Sean. What I see is a top seven team in the Big Ten with this personnel. Now, again, they got to get the point guard thing right. Well, Hunter Sells. You have Lloyd in the – you have a guy, um, Ramel Lloyd, that could probably do it, but he, he, he's, he'll be new. It'd be nice to get this guy from Siena. It would be nice. Yeah, we'll there's see what two happens. other guys visiting this weekend. Latrell Wrightsell Jr. Interesting. Uh, former, Omaha Central. Uh, Omaha, his dad played for Creighton, but they're not looking at Creighton. He – he was leading scorer for Cal State Forwards. He's getting leading a lot. score, rebounder, and assist man for Cal State Forwards. So he's coming in this weekend, and then you also have um, Brady Dunlap, a Notre Dame signee. Um, he's down in Nebraska, North Carolina, Penn State, St. John's, and Villanova. He's not a transfer. He's a high, high school, school kid. So, yeah, no, no, they're this is a critical period for Fred, and these guys that he's bringing in here are, are players. So. I, I got to say, Sean, I'm pretty optimistic. Now, what do you do with Hunter Salas? The, there's a there's some question out there. It's an interesting one to me. Can Hunter could Hunter be your answer at point guard? I believe he can. Now, there's others that say no. That's not his role. It, it wasn't necessarily his role at Gonzaga. He'd bring the ball up the court, but they had Drew Timmy, and you know you're just getting the ball to Drew Timmy often in the high post, and point guards maybe. The, the importance is mitigated a little bit. I think that Hunter can play a point guard role. I think he could. It, would it be ideal? Maybe not. But I wonder. I just still. I just still wonder if you could just say Hunter, you're going to play the point guard, and he could become a very good point guard. Yeah, and Creighton's in play with him though too. Yeah, Creighton, Alabama, I think's in play. Um, oh well, come on, Wake Forest is. What's in, interesting? Hey, is Sean, Wake Forest and and Georgetown are in play too. When he was coming out of high school, NIL wasn't kind of what it was right now it is so oh, yeah he's gonna I mean, get a good you know idea. look creighton creighton's got an edge on nebraska basketball and nil because they've won more they've got more support for the program more money invested in that program you know that type of 
support for Nebraska is more driven to football and volleyball. They have NIL in, in Nebraska basketball, but I hear stories about Creighton's NIL. Mm-hmm. And you know that's that's why Baylor Shireman's coming back. Sure. Well, they got they had to get him back. His his importance escalated when Nemhart left. I can't believe that guy left. Yeah. I mean, but that's the portal era in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Things like that are going to happen. Yeah, like, Ryan Nemhart leaves Creighton with all that talent coming back and coming off of an elite eight. Yeah, there. Who knows what happened there? It's well, yeah. Odd. I mean, just think about stuff we've dealt with on football, like Casey Rogers entering the portal. <laughs> Luke yeah. McCaffrey just going in the portal. Ernest Hausman. Ernest Hausman. I mean, you're just going to get Adrian Martinez. I mean, he was kind of led to the portal. Yeah, that one made more sense. That one made more sense. But it, it all worked out in the end. All right, well, uh, big weekend with the scrimmage. Make sure you're on HuskerOnline.com. Uh, we'll keep you up to date with full coverage from that scrimmage. Husker baseball, if they can get them all, all games in, they've got Northwestern. We'll have coverage of that as well. And Robin Washett will keep you up to date. Uh, with all the basketball news. And we've got a recruit spotlight lined up again this weekend, Sip. We're going to talk uh, to Jacob Smith from Cheshire Academy. Um, second visit to Lincoln, so we'll have Jacob in this weekend. So uh, plenty to check us out. If you're not following us, like, download, subscribe to us here on this Husker Online YouTube channel or anywhere that you find podcasts. For Steve Sipple, I'm Sean Callahan.